And now, Screwed Up Sound Effects Theater. And now, here is Screwed Up Sound Effects Theater. The name's Spokowski. Detective Mel Spokowski. I was sitting in my office one night when I received an important visitor. Someone's at the door. Come in. Hiya, Spokowski. What, were you born in a barn? Shut the door behind you. All right. There, you satisfied? What can I do for you? Mind if I smoke? All right. What did you want to see me about? Mind if I pull up a chair? Be my guest. Now come to the point. What did you want to see me about? I understand my wife has hired you to snoop on me. What proof do you have of that? This piece of paper here. <coughs> that piece of paper doesn't prove anything. Well then what about this photo? Where'd you get that? Never mind. But it's all the proof I need to put you on permanent vacation. Oh no! A gun! Don't shoot! Eat lead, Sporkowski! <laughs> Join us again next time on Screwed Up Sound Effects Theater. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. She, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. But I know I'll think of you every step of the way. And I You must know this song. My darling is. Yes. Yeah. It's epic. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm, I've never seen this movie. Ah! I mean, I sort of know what happens in it, the bodyguard, but have never seen it. Remember I was telling you on our last podcast how I was getting into back into all these 80s yeah, yeah. great movies from the 80s. Yeah. I, I was watching um, Regarding Henry and... Uh, working Girl, and just some of those fun movies from back in the '80s. This is another one that's really fun to just go back and watch because you kind of you kind of know what happens, but you forgot how the actual movie plays out. It's pretty good. I've, I've yet to see it, but but I, I, I the reason I'm playing this because first of all it's spectacular, 
But uh, oh, yeah. I just I picked up a book the other day at the library that I got to recommend to people, even if you're you don't think you would be interested. It's so well written and it's so interesting. It's called Cover Me. It's by a guy named Ray Pageant. It's a brand new book, and it is the stories behind the greatest cover songs of all time. In other words, hmm. a, a cover song is a, a, is another version of an already familiar song. As, oh, as you know. right. Like, so Elvis Presley covered Hound Dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. But it was originally a song by a woman named Big Mama Thornton. Mm-hmm. You, I remember that. Whom you hear here. You ain't nothing but a hound And uh, and then he also covers uh, how the Beatles covered "Twist and Shout," which was originally done by the Isley Brothers, and uh, uh, Joe Cocker covers "With a Little Help from My Friends" by the Beatles. Right. And and the point of the book, the guy's point is that cover songs don't mean inferior songs; they mean they're just different different songs by different artists of a song you know, and sometimes. They uh, they follow pretty closely to the original. Other times they are wildly different, mm-hmm. and that makes it kind of interesting too. So the the reason I thought of the Whitney Houston thing would be interesting to you is because first of all I knew you'd seen the movie. Well, and I, I know what you're going to ask me. I already know who did the song first. That's right. It was Dolly Parton. But here's the interesting thing about it. Dolly's pretty young songwriter at the time. Yeah. So other people started hearing this song on the radio because it went to number one on the country charts. Dolly's version did. And so, of all people, Elvis Presley thought he might do that song too. (laughs) Really? Yeah. In fact, they went into the studio, Elvis and his guys, and they did record the song. And then, so the song is sitting someplace on a shelf. And then... Uh, Elvis's manager was a guy named Colonel Parker, which you may remember. And, no, and Colonel Parker had this that. thing, once Elvis became really successful, when Elvis wanted to cover somebody else's song, Parker would call him up and say, okay, here's the deal. Uh, if Elvis does your song, he, he will get half credit as a co-writer on the song, and then we get half of the royalties from the song because he is listed as the co-writer of the song. And a number of people would say, gosh, if Elvis is going to do my song, yeah, sure, I'll I'll agree to those terms. But Dolly Parton said, no, wait a minute, I'm not... He he didn't have anything to do with writing the song. It's my song, I wrote it. This is going to pay for my kids' college education someday. Uh, And so she uh, uh, quite... Quite against the grain, said, "Nope, I'm not gonna make. A, I'm not gonna make that deal with you." So, Good. so that song was never released by Elvis, even though perhaps somewhere it's still sitting in a vault, someplace. So I thought that was very interesting. And then when they come around to be doing this movie, um, uh, you know, the Bodyguard, 
Kevin Costner, of course, is pretty hot at the, that time. He'd come off oh, dances with wolves oh, and stuff oh, like that. Oh, mama, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, hot as an entity. Yeah, besides, he was... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, He's hot. Okay, all right, all right. So, <sighs> so then it, it turns out that Costner isn't just the star of Bodyguard with Whitney Houston and the producer. It turns out he's involved with every aspect of that movie, and that includes that he would be the curator of the soundtrack that's used in that movie. So for her, Whitney's big musical number, Costner had chosen a song, remember the Motown hit, this one, What Becomes of the Broken Hearted? That's the way he wanted to end the, uh, the, the movie, that big final song. Mm-hmm. But uh, the producer, who, Whitney Houston's producer, a guy named David Foster, uh, he said, "No, I, I don't, I don't really think that's that's quite the song you should use." And they wrestled over it, and one thing after another. And then it turns out that there's a singer named Paul Young who had just had a hit for the movie Fried Green Tomatoes of What Becomes of the Broken Hearted. And, oh yeah. And so they said, "Oh shoot, he beat us to the punch. We can't." We can't put our movie out, and Whitney Houston will look like she's copying the same song. So, a, a day later, Costner comes up with another song, I Will Always Love You. And uh, David Foster didn't even know what that song was, because he's more of a jazz guy. R&B guy, and that was a country hit, but he found a Linda Ronstadt version of it, and as soon as he heard it, he said, yep, I, I get it. I get that. That should be it. That would be a great closing song. I'm not going to bore you with all the other details of it. It's pretty fascinating, but hmm. so Costner's the reason that that song is on at the, at the, uh, at the end of the movie. And, and uh, she recorded that specifically for the movie. Yes. That wasn't something she recorded first, and then they added it. No. I mean, and, they... And, and then it gets more complicated, because they wanted to just bring her into the studio and record the song, and she said, no, no, I got to do it live. I, I'm not lip... Oh. I'm not going to lip sync it. I want you... So they went to a huge expense and extra work to record her in a big venue, uh, mm. but it's hard to do that, because the acoustics aren't always very good, so they had to really work on it. And um, jumping ahead to the end of it, they wanted Clive Davis, because he is the producer of Whitney Houston. They wanted him to hear the song. Mm-hmm. So they ran into the studio, and they did a really quick demo version. They didn't even spend an hour on it. And they sent that to Clive Davis, and, the, and they didn't hear back from him. So then they spend literally weeks crafting this song, getting exactly right. Uh, there was a one horn that was a little flat, so they changed that. Uh, they added strings. I mean, they, they spent weeks and weeks getting it exactly the way they wanted it. And then they sent that version to Clive Davis, who immediately gets back to him and says, no, I, I don't like that version. I like the first one you sent. Mm. They're thinking, you mean the, the one that was just kind of a quick demo? He said, yeah, that's the one I want. And so they were fighting him on it, but Whitney Houston was loyal to her producer, Clive Davis. And so the one you hear in the film is just the rough cut version of it, really. And, you know, Costner and all the people 
uh, who are the musicians and producers, they cringe every time they hear it in the movie because they know we had a much better version. But oh, Clive wow. Davis liked the, liked the rough one, so that's the one they went with. In the movie. kind of stuff that's in this book it's really fun really fun what's the name of the book it's called cover me uh subtitled the the i mean the subtopic the stories behind the greatest covers songs of all time oh yeah jimmy hendrix in there and uh, uh the righteous brothers uh who covered unchained melody it was first done by a guy you never heard of yeah uh, and that was in todd um, duncan whoever heard of him yeah ghost yeah exactly yeah Cool stuff. See another another great eighties movie. Yes. With great yeah. great music. Yeah. So So that's kinda yeah. cool. I was excited about that. I just thought it was cool. Back recently from Arizona, my wife and I went for a few days. Uh, I know. During the pre season to see uh, uh to see some Mariners games, which we did and it was fun. And now of course the regular season is underway and uh, I, I I just um for me, every year, this is like, and for a lot of people, it's the first day of baseball season is like a, the ultimate yearly renewal. Uh, new hope. Every team in the in both leagues has a shot at going to the World Series. So it's like you get to start over. If only life could be like that. You know, every year you get to start completely over again. Uh, but so that that's how it always clicks with me. And I was wondering... If there was anything uh, like that for you every, every year or every few years or every whatever period of time, that is kind of like a start over mm. again time. Nothing's impossible. I have found for when my chin is on the ground, I pick myself up, dust myself off, and start over. I think the most obvious one is going to be New Year's yeah. for me, and I am now doing a ritual every New Year's where I will take a two- or three-day retreat, and I'll go stay at a nice hotel somewhere. I bring my writing journals. Um, I don't turn on the TV. I don't have Ooh. the phone. I don't Ooh. do any of that stuff. Ooh. It's just it's a place oh. where... <laughs> There's a nice view, typically on the water, and I can write and review what happened the prior year, what didn't go so well, what what did go well, and sort of plan. And that's it's not only it's for personal and for business, and it's really nice to not have any outside stimulus going on to just sort of let your mind relax and 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 go its merry way it sounds but horrible did, to me <clears throat> i did now, something now, interesting. What, now what let me ask you this what do you write i mean i when i write unless i'm writing a letter or a thank you note or something i write for a purpose like it's going to be for a newspaper article or a oh, magazine no. article or, there's no it's just the, it's a just eulogy the, it's just the idea of putting thoughts on paper you, there's no you don't want to share rules. it with anybody 
<clears throat> no, it's just it's kind of like a journal. Huh. It's a journal, a private journal. When I die, you can have all my journals. And boy, are you going to be surprised. Well, I'm telling you, I'm somebody that should have kept a journal because I have the worst memory. My wife is great. She remembers stuff like crazy, but but I don't. And I've always regretted that I didn't write down uh, travel logs, for example, or uh, uh, other circumstances where I could have dates, like like when I first got my my very first job was this date, whatever you know. It'd be be nice yeah, to have. I but, don't know who would be nice why? for. I just yeah. think you know who knows. Maybe you'll wind up. I think maybe you'll wind up being the, a sensation and a, a new discovery long after you're gone again. And they'll say, "Oh my gosh, who was this person that wrote all of this stuff?" Well, here's I just here's think it's interesting. I think it's interesting just to write down thoughts and feelings. Um, I know that's you know not really a guy thing, but I I find it really no, therapeutic. It's to get them out onto paper and then to go back and read them a year or five years later and go, wow, so that was kind of, she was a different girl back then. So, do you, so it's, it, it helps with growth. It helps with reflection. It helps with planning. Um, writing is really good for you. It's good for you. Oh yeah. You don't need to sell me on that, but I, I just wonder, do you, do you, when you read back stuff that you have written a year or two mm -hmm. ago, do you say, man, what, what was I think? Boy, that's yes. stupid. Boy, that yes. or gee, that's insightful. On the other hand, yes, yes, both. See, when that's I read the beauty when, of it, when I read stuff back, I, I'm looking for my syntax. Uh, the, the, if I was telling something what I thought was funny, is it still funny? Does it still work? Was it mm -hmm. good? Is it gee, that's better? I can't believe I thought of that. That's pretty good. Or vice versa. Boy, that that doesn't work at all. Right. So I, right. I read more critically about the style of my writing and not about ah, what I wrote. Ah, no. Yeah. No, that's the great thing about just free-form writing. There's no written word rules that you have to worry about with punctuation oh, good. Then you'll love or Joyce. capitalization. James Joyce. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I have to tell you this crazy thing I did. Well, it's not crazy, actually. It was actually really boring. It turned out to be really boring, but I was really excited to try it out on this last retreat that I did at the beginning of the year was... A, um, there was a facility next to the hotel. There was a spa that would be, a, you know, a pretty obvious choice. Oh, I'm going to go get a facial and a massage and whatever. But the other facility next to the hotel was a flotation center. So do you know what I'm talking about? These little flotation pods that are filled with salt water. Yeah, it's a water park. No, I know. I know what you mean. No, it's a pod. And, yeah, and, and you, aren't you enclosed in the dark inside this? Yeah, you go in and you you get in and you shut the yeah, lid. I'm way too claustrophobic for that. That is a non-starter for me, and I'm not kidding. I couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah, I'd, and, I'd, be, and I'd be thrashing the around. Idea, the idea, <laughs> <laughs> well, you aren't thrashing because the salt water is 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 a it's floaty. You aren't touching anything. That's kind of the cool part of it is that you are just suspended. It's in the dark, so you're there's no sense of touch. <clears throat> so that that gets out of your way. The idea is no sight, no touch, no sound, so that your mind can really sort of clear itself so, and apparently so you've eliminated you, three of the senses right there. Yeah, well if you and if you in your mouth and your head's out of the water, so you're not tasting anything. Unless it's the tequila from the night before. <laughs> um, what what other what other sense am I missing? Uh, so touch, uh, well, you said, smell. So you can't hear. You can't. Yeah, I guess you could talk if you wanted to. 
Um, but that's not really well, that's not a, a sense. sense. Um, no. Sensation. There's... I guess you have this, the basic sensation that you're floating, I guess, or something like that. What are the senses? Well, you don't. Um, you let, really let me don't... list off the five senses as oh, I can remember geez. them. There's right. bitter, sweet, um, <laughs> taste, smell. So all of those are gone. And the idea is, oh, good, you can kind of, you know, you just talked about resetting and re, you know, starting over. And that's kind of the idea as I'm reading and researching this flotation thing. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I'm going to do on my little retreat. I'm going to reset my head. What could be more perfect? So I'm very excited and I, I go in and they make you watch a little video on what to expect and there's a little, and by the way, there's a little button inside the pod in case you are claustrophobic and you need to call for help. They'll come in and rescue you. It's called you. the wimp button. <laughs> yeah. And so you go in, uh, you have to take a shower because you're, they don't drain it after every person. Oh, geez. So you have to, you got to scrub So up. you see a great big fat hairy man get out and then you're the next one in. <laughs> <laughs> who looks like he probably had beans for dinner or breakfast yeah, yeah. and then you're like oh man was he farting in there so you scrub up and you put in uh you put in uh Ear, 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 but uh, what are those ear things? Earplugs so that uh, no water uh, can't wax. get in your ear. Yeah, so you get those on, and then you just take all your clothes off and scrub up, put the earplugs in, and jump in. Well, you don't jump in, you just slide. So in. you have to take all your clothes then, off? Yeah, you don't want any. That's the whole idea is that you don't want to feel anything. You just want to be suspended. I always so, wear a thong. So could you at least wear your thong if you wanted to? I, d I don't think and a hat. you're supposed to. I, I, <laughs> and gloves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but no, that's it. Otherwise, no. I'm completely nude. Yeah, so you jump in. So I'm thinking, so so again, remember, I'm very excited about This is a reset for me. I'm like, oh, good. I can just clear my head, and when I get out, I'll jump out, and I'll get my journal, and I'll be writing great, wonderful things. I start a novel. Too bad blah, you can't blah, blah. start writing right in there. Of course, you couldn't see right, what you were so, writing, and paper would get right. ruined. So it's, it's an hour. It's an hour, I think, in there. So I you get in, and the first first. 10 minutes or so you're just kind of getting used to the idea of kind of relaxing and letting your mind go blank which is, it was an interesting sensation to to be floating and not feeling anything it was very comfortable there's no pressure on any of your joints uh everything's it sounds to me it's like being on a cloud it sounds to me like it's really good practice for when you're dead exactly about 20 minutes in i'm like this is really boring. Yeah. <laughs> it was like super boring. Well, you know why? Because you're spending time with the one person you really don't want to talk to because <laughs> you already know what they think. You've heard all their jokes. I know. You know. I know. 
And I, I was a little disappointed. And they, that you know, the staff was talking up there like, oh, this is your first time. You're gonna love it. You're gonna come. You're gonna want to come back and do more. And we have float journals so you can write down all your stuff after you get out of your float. <clears throat> so I'm kind of just digging this, buying into it. Prior, twenty minutes in, I'm thinking. I'm actually tapping my fingers oh, on the I would side be too. of the pot. I'd be, there. I'd be doing that going, within the first 20 seconds. Going, well, this is nice. So I actually sort of drifted off a little bit. I just kind of took a little nap is is what I ended up doing. And so I get out and, of course, <clears throat> the staff, you know. Well, what'd you think? How was, yeah, how was it? <clears throat> was it amazing? Did you did you solve all the world's problems? Is your head clear? And I, I, I just didn't have the heart to tell them it was the most boring thing I have ever done in my life. I'm so Well, that might be a useful uh, feedback for them to know. You know, no, I don't know what everybody, anybody else thinks. They were so eager. They were so eager for me to, to, because it's such a wonderful therapy. It's so great. And there's no way I could break their hearts. I just, I kind of went, yeah, it's just, oh, great. Yes, I will be back. It was sh- shaking my head going, no, I'm never coming back. Well, so, no, I, uh, I was, I would. I just I give you credit for thinking. Well, I give it a shot. We'll see what. Yeah, I I'll gave it a shot. What. So I thought that was going to be my new thing. You know, you mentioned the reset. I thought, oh, that's what I'll do every year. I'll just do. I'll float every year and reset my head. Well, that's out. So I'm just back to drinking now. That's. <laughs> I wanted to find some. Would that be would that be a way that you might consider doing it next time, if you can drink while you're in there? <laughs> I don't know how you would do that because you're lying, you're prone yeah, on your back. Yeah, I guess you'd work. have to have a straw um, or something. But anyway, uh, got a joke for you. Uh, oh gosh! Now before you yeah. do this, you know most of the time this doesn't really work very well. No, I shouldn't say most of the time. You're about fifty-fifty with yeah. me. For two reasons. One, I've heard all I've heard all your jokes. No, Is this a new my joke? joke? I don't. Oh, so it's a new yeah, joke. I've heard all your jokes. Well, you know what? I've heard all of Frank Sinatra's songs, so let's don't listen to any more of them again. I don't want to hear okay. one twice. Good lord! Like be a lady. I've heard that already. I. <laughs> Um, I do like the the guy who doesn't speak that goes to the monastery doesn't speak yeah, for well, I, won't, I, won't, I like that I, joke. You can I tell won't me tell that, you that one, one again. again. And the only reason I'm bringing it up now is because I'll forget to tell you. And and it occurs to me now that maybe this isn't a great joke for a woman, but here it goes. Oh, that sounded a little sexist. Uh, well, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Okay. All right. Now, I'm going from memory here, so forgive me. Because my memory isn't very good, as I told you at the beginning. What was your name again, by the way? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so there's matter. these two guys. They've been childhood friends, and they go all the way through college together. And then one guy moves to the Middle West. Is, say he moves to Chicago, and the other guy is going to live in Florida. And so they're not going to see each other as regularly as they used to. But they agree that once every 10 years, they are going to get together in Veracruz, wherever that is, and uh, and they're going to play a game of golf, and then they'll go out and have some drinks. Veracruz, is that crucial no, to the joke? No, it's not. Or is I'm just it just... throwing a name out there. 
Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. So they're going to meet up and play golf and okay. Okay. That sounds nice. Um, so, um, so, so they do. By then, they're 30 years old. They get together. They play the game of golf, have a great time. And then when the golf game is over, one guy says to the other, well, where do you want to go to, to have lunch? And he said, why don't we go to Hooters? He said, why, why do you want to go to Hooters? He said, well, the, I'll, I'll change the voices so you can tell who's talking. He said, why, why do you want to go to Hooters? He said, well, uh, you know, they got these gals there. They're pretty pretty well endowed, and they got the tight shorts and the great legs and hubba hubba. Okay, let's go there. So they do. Ten years go by. Now they're 40 years old. Again they meet, and again they play golf, and after the golf game is over, it's time to go to lunch again. Well, where do you want to go? Uh, I don't know. Why don't we go to Hooters? Why do you want to go to Hooters? Well, you know, they, they got uh, all the games are on the big screen there, and they got uh, a lot of beer and good food and stuff like that. Okay, sounds good. So they do. They go. And now 10 more years go by. Now they're 40 years old. Are they? For, yeah, they're 40 years old now. They again meet, mm -hmm. same golf course, play golf, have a great time. Then it's time to say... I think they're I think they're fifty, but did go I ahead. lose track? Started thirty, forty. That's okay. Okay, yeah. Now they're okay. You're yeah. right. Now they're fifty. They're fifty. Yeah. Okay. They're fifty now. See, I told you I'm going from memory. <laughs> okay, you're doing yeah. good though. So far, you got okay, my attention. Good. This better be a this better be a big oh, payoff, it's gonna buddy. Be the best payoff you've ever heard <laughs> in a joke. Okay. Uh, in case I didn't mention it, they're fifty years old now. The guy said, okay. "Well, that was a good game of golf." Yeah, it was. Uh, where do you want to go to have a little lunch and uh, uh, stuff? Ah, uh, I think we should go to Hooters. Oh, really? Uh, how, how come you want to go to Hooters? Well, uh, they uh, they got a half off beer down there, and uh, and uh, and the chicken wings are half off too. Oh, great! Let's go. So they go to Hooters. Ten years go by, Lisa. Oh they, my god! Guess gosh. how old they are okay. now? They're sixty. Sixty, 60 years old. And uh, they meet up as scheduled, play golf, have a great game. And uh, and then the, they, the guy said, well, uh, that was fun. Uh, where do you want to go uh, after this? Ah, I don't know. How about Hooters? Uh, Hooters, <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good. Why do you want to go there? Well, they, they, got, uh, they got free parking. Oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> now they're 70 years old. Meet up again. Thank God people don't live to be 300 or this joke would never end. Yeah. I know. Now they're 70 years old. Play golf. Hey, where do you want to go now that the golf game's over with? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking maybe Hooters would be good. Why Hooters? Well, they, they got those four handicapped parking places right in front. Oh, yeah. That's good. Let's go there. Now, where are we? Aren't they 80? I think well, they're 80 now. And they sound exactly like they did when they were 30. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, they're 80 years old now. They uh, they meet. They play golf. Golf game's over. Guy says, hey, uh, shouldn't our voices sound a little older by now? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they should. Mine does a little bit. Where do you want to? Uh, where do you want to go now that we play golf? I, I don't know. I was thinking Hooters would be kind of fun.
Why Hooters? Well, we've never been there before. <laughs> that was like good. That, that was very good. Shouldn't take that long to yes. tell it. But it's very good because you do, you add in the voices and all of that, and that's nope. very funny. It makes it funny Next along the way. Next time I tell that joke, I'm going to make them get a little older. <clears throat> that was a good note by you. Thank you for throwing that in there. What? Oh, oh yeah, make the yeah. voices older. It's that, a little yeah, more that would really round. That would round out the whole joke hey, Here's a thought for you. I was talking to a cousin of mine recently. I, I um, A relative of mine, a sort of shirt tail relative, passed away recently. Nice man. Um, I, I gave a little eulogy. It was one of the eulogizers uh, for him mm-hmm. and because his wife thought it'd be nice to have a little uh, laughter at the event. And it, that is always oh. nice. So, Yeah. That's hard to do, though, when you're feeling sad. I mean, you as the speaker. Oh, I was, I was great. I didn't feel sad at oh. all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah. but it was nice, and I got some. So I called some other relatives, and we got some stories about him, and it was very pleasant. But uh, one of the uh, so, unfortunately, as you might know, uh, or anybody knows, the sometimes the only time you get to see your your best cousins and your relatives mm-hmm. and aunts and uncles and everybody is at these kind of occasions, yes. which is unfortunate. I, I mean, it's more than unfortunate. It's it's. It's ridiculous, but that's just how life goes. We just roll along, and I'm I'm, I'm going to get a hold of you again. Let's stay in touch. I, I know that's what they that's what you always yeah. say is it's God. I can't believe how much time we've got to get together, and then you don't. I know. It is I regrettable. There never seems to be enough room in your life for everything. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, we don't stop and put the brakes on and say let's let me let me prioritize the things that are most important. Right. You just right. sort of. Right. We just jump jump in the boat and float downstream and wherever it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, except some of us are smart enough to go on a retreat once in a while and uh, do a little writing. So jolly good for that. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah. I so I talked to a, a, a female cousin of mine. We were first cousins, probably three or four years older, four years older than me. And uh, uh, I'm getting a call. Oh. <laughs> Is that her? Uh, that <laughs> is, is she calling her. you? That is so crazy that you have a regular phone with a regular phone ring. That's not a re- that's you that's a, just a it's a cell phone. You can get those that kind of ring. You know that. Yeah. Oh, I well I thought But it, it is interesting like that I would I choose like that. that. I love the sound of an old phone like that. I rented my apartment on a Monday at one singing do lolly lolly shaky bum shaky bum. Started moving in it on a Tuesday at two. Was singing do lolly lolly shaky do shaky do. Wednesday at three, I called the phone company. Singing, hey baby, put a phone in for me. Thursday at four, he came and knocking at my door. Singing, hey baby, I'm your telephone man. You just show me where you want it and I'll put it where I can. I can put it in the bedroom, I can put it in the hall, I can put it in the bathroom. I on the wall you can have it with the bush you can have it with the ring and if you really want it you can have a ding-a-ling because of, hey baby i'm your telephone man can't believe that and then he says no one other fellas call you tell them how it all began well can you imagine 
than you'd care to know, but uh, as you know, as you do know, I grew up in this small town called Bend, Oregon, which is a burgeoning town now, and I've, I've read that it is one of the fastest growing cities in, in, the, in the United States, and has been for the last few years. Uh, it's well up over 100,000 people now, but when I was a kid, it was maybe 10,000, maybe, and, and I always made the joke that my cousins, uh, one set of cousins were comprised of 13 kids, and the other set of cousins were comprised of eight, and then my my family had five kids. So, so really, when you walked around the town of Bend, wow. you could assume that everybody you were talking to was a relative wow. of mine. That's... Yeah, it was almost like that. Well, anyway, she remind the, the this particular set of cousins. Their parents owned a ranch of sorts down in a little town called Silver Lake. It was outside of Silver Lake, Oregon. It's a real hole-in-the-wall, one-street town, you know. And their ranch was maybe three or four miles from Silver Lake on this huge, sprawling bunch of land. I mean, hundreds of acres of land out there. And Can I, can they I had stop a, you there? Is yeah. that Patty sneezing in the background? Can you hear that? <laughs> wow. I mean, is she just, like, letting him rip or what? No, that's not her sneezing. That that's 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 the way she uh, laughs. No. <laughs> well, tell her to come in and sneeze cuz she, she's not even she is so far from this room that's right so now. So funny. Yeah. I heard yeah. it earlier and I didn't say anything, but now now she's done it again and, and <laughs> oh. it's very and it's very annoying. Good. I will tell her that she yes. made she made the podcast. This yeah, week. please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? I can hear her. We can hear we heard you sneezing. She doesn't really like either one of us, does no. she? Well, she would say, why didn't you close the door to that room? Right. But if I, if I get up and do that now, it'll lead up valuable time. That's so, all right. Okay, so the ranch, Silver so Lake, this ranch. continue. We would go to this ranch um, occasionally. Our families would all, all three of these families, my dad and his two sisters uh, were the were all the, the parents, comprised the parent parental part of this family. And so we would all go down to this ranch. That was and, a big gaggle of you then. It was a big gaggle, little house. So we would, you know, usually just go for the day. And uh, and you could go horseback riding. They had a creek that ran through there. Not a creek, a creek. And you, would you, you have like 30 people there? Oh, more than that sometimes. Wow. My uh, my great uncle was a was a priest and he'd come down and they we, we'd have mass if it was on a Sunday and we'd all cram into this little house and... Uh, and then, you know, a lot of the kind of summer food, fried chicken and hot dogs and potato mm. salad. And it was really fun. It was really cool. 
I could tell you a million stories of things that happened down there. But my point is that this is a pretty remote place. It's about 70 miles from Bend. And so you're really out there in the middle of nowhere. And uh, this woman I was talking to, this older cousin of mine, reminded me that one time she was put in charge of me, my two brothers, uh, her brothers and several sisters, and we, we all, all of us kids were down at this ranch by ourselves for a full week. And, uh, and, and she was 14 years old at the time in charge of everybody. Oh there my were, God. There, there were no right landla- idea was that? There was no phone, certainly oh. no cell phones in those days. Uh, so if you wanted to use a pay phone, you had to walk into this town of Silver Lake, which was about four or five miles away. Wow. And so, uh. That's risky. I, I know. I, the reason I brought it up is I said, I can't imagine that in this hovering mm-hmm. world of ours now that any parents would say, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Send them down there for a week. They'll be fine. Not well, to mention the legality of it. So, I mean, it, it. I think it's highly illegal if you abandon your kids for a week. Well, they didn't think of it that way. And I, right? and no, I, would, I know. I, I know. would wager nobody else would have thought of it that way. No, I agree with you. Days. That's not what we thought about in those days. But today, yeah, you're was, right. It was probably the 1960s, sometime in there. Uh, yeah, and it was just a matter of course that, that, you know, this is we got this great ranch. Kids love it down there. Uh, we can get rid of them for a week. And then they, at the end of the week, one of the parents was going to drive back down uh, in a big van and pick uh, the whole brood up and bring them back. Well, uh, I was reminded that along the way, one of the cousins, a girl, got sick. She got the flu, really, really sick. And so they, she, so they had to kind of carry, we all switched off and carried her over our shoulders, these three or four or five miles into Silver Lake where we could make a phone call and then somebody could come down and and get her and maybe the rest of us. But, it, mm. you know, it's an hour and a half drive. But my, my point in bringing it up is that as I look back on those times, I look at it pretty fondly as a kid. Yeah, I bet. You were really cut loose to do your own thing. Yeah. Now, obviously, it doesn't work out all the time. Uh, there would be... Not in our, not in my family, but you always hear stories of kids who you know fall off a cliff or they get drown eaten by a tiger. Or, yeah, or yeah, some, something. But I mean, we're see we seem to be in some ways so risk averse mm-hmm. these days that uh, it it uh, I, I'm not sure that's really the way to live your life. Yeah, I know that I've been lucky enough to get to go to Mexico several times, and then I would go out for a jog and. I'm running down the sidewalk, and all of a sudden there'll be a big old hole in in the sidewalk, with there's no, you know, there's no warning tape around it or uh, any of yeah. that business. It's this it's this kind of mentality uh, there that you know you're on your own here. Right. I mean, we, we we can't protect you from everything. You you do need to look both look both ways before you cross the street. We, right. we don't have to put a sign up to remind you of that. There's certain things you have to do to take care of yourself. And uh, I think we're just so deluged with concern about every little thing mm-hmm. these days that that I don't think it necessarily prepares kids very well for their futures when they kind of do have to look out for themselves. Yeah, you know, I, am agree. I over I guess I'm oversimplifying in a way, but uh, that's what occurred to me when she told me that story about yeah. uh, that ranch. 
I think you're right. It's uh, you gain a lot of skills from being on your own and figuring things out on your own and making mistakes and failing. I mean, as long as you don't get killed, I think that can be valuable, very yeah. valuable as a kid. In my um, case, I just continue <clears throat> to fail. I t- well, no, you don't. Yeah. I dated a guy once that, oh my gosh, he had two teenage kids, and every time they would mess up, he'd fix it for them. For instance, he had a son that got on a train, and we went to pick him up in Edmonds. The kid gets off the train, grabs a suitcase, get him back to my house, opens the suitcase. It's not his suitcase. And he's 16. And I said, well, that's kind of a funny mistake. I guess you'll have to figure, you know, figure it out. Well, he didn't know what to do. And, and this boyfriend of mine had to actually handle it and make all the calls and get the right suitcases back to one another, which I thought was a horribly horrible missed opportunity. Let him figure mm. it out. Let him figure it out. You can be there to help him bounce stuff off of, but don't take care of it for him. And I can't even imagine, and this was years ago, so this young man is now grown up and he's 26, and who knows if he's even standing on his own two feet now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I get it from the dad's point of view that's that's kind of what you do as as a parent but i you're right i mean if you just left him by himself i could see why he wouldn't know where to start what to do how to use the phone and all of that stuff <laughs> yeah, right how to look up a phone number for Amtrak. i mean it just it just astonished me so yeah, well if if he walked him through the steps now here's how we're going to handle this together right. and then, right. yeah that, together. that would be that's what that's different than just taking care of it i'll just take care i'll just take care of it well okay yeah. Great, great parenting. Well, yeah, I think I maybe maybe mentioned this on a podcast or two recently, but uh, being a little kid is is very much you know they talk we talk about this guy that's in the White House now as being like a little kid. Uh, it is great being a little kid because somebody uh, when you're you know a certain age of a little kid does everything for you. They they feed you, they clothe you. They keep your appointments. You don't have to. You don't have to know anything of what's going on. Right. You don't have to know that you need to go to the doctor at nine a.m. Somebody's going to do that for you, and they'll take you there. Oh, wouldn't that and be then, great? Now, oh, I'm hungry right now. Here, I'll feed you. Here you go. Oh, it's like being so a rich person or a, or a member of royalty. Mm-hmm. When a little kid life is, there's a lot to be said for it. Yeah. It's very nice. You 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 can't make many decisions by yourself. But then you don't have to make many decisions because everything is done for you. Yeah, I know. I would not love, so bad. I'd love to be five again. Wouldn't that be great? Just five. And I'd not like to forever. be a little more mature than that. Six. Not six, but not forever. Just I'd like to be five for a week. That'd yeah. be a great vacation. It wouldn't it though? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I mean, you don't have to do anything for yourself. Right. You, maybe you, and, maybe and you we've get, and you get praised for everything. Maybe too. we've hit That's on a maybe we've hit on an idea, a new business, sort of a vacation, a retreat. If you want yeah. to, if you want to be five for a week, then you, yeah. you know, we, that you, is an idea. We, it's like Westworld, right? <laughs> return to your childhood again. Yeah, exactly. Fantasy Island oh, revisited. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. You can go back, and then people will praise you. As I said, for everything. Right, everything. Lisa, look what you did in the I toilet. Know. That is so good. <laughs> That's the thing that would drive me nuts, though, to hear, have the baby talk. To I mm. can't. You know, I just I just went to a I just switched dentists because their new the new hygienist at my old dentist 
I went in to see her four or five months ago. Brand no. new. First time I've seen her. Been to this dentist forever. And she talked baby talk to me. The ent- Okay, I'm going to need you to open your mouth. Just a- That's good. Open just a little. Wh- and I'm thinking, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Why are you talking to me like I'm a six-year-old? And I couldn't take it. And I was I was on nitrous. So I was, A, high and relaxed. And it still annoyed me enough to switch dentists. I thought, I, I, there's just no way I can s- just be with her again. Well, I that's what I did. Her. I switched my dentist, but not because of the nitrous. This guy, for some reason, thinks it's right to use uh, helium. <laughs> so, uh, And I remember admonishing the, the hygienist saying, Quit talking to me like I'm a little kid. I got to leave you with one more story from that book, Cover Me. The Isley Brothers had a big hit with this song, Twist and Shout. A lot of other people did, too. Well, in their early days, before anybody really knew anything about the Beatles, they used to play Twist and Shout in their live shows. So this is kind of cool. Years later, on one of their first albums, they decide to do that song, Twist and Shout. Uh, Most of their albums only had original compositions, so this was an exception. But the fun thing to listen to in this version is John Lennon's singing. He is sicker than a dog. His voice is painful. It is shot. They knew they would only have one take. And because his voice is so ragged, it actually makes this vocal kind of perfect.
Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh, <laughs> my